This episode of YXE Underground is sponsored by 13 Pies. If you're looking for a fantastic piece of pizza and a great cocktail, check out 13 Pies in downtown Saskatoon. Ooh, the crust is so good. Very often, and most of the time, they, they are quiet, they are shy, they are shocked, because everything is new for them. The type of houses we have here, or, or the apartments, are much, much different from the houses they were living. Many of them, they, they were living in refugee camps for many, many years, so having a, a house like the ones that we have here is completely different. Hello, I'm Eric Anderson. The voice you just heard belongs to Saul Barones. Saul is one of the many voices you will hear as we visit Saskatoon's Global Gathering Place in Episode 5, Season 2 of Waxy Underground. Diversity is one of Saskatoon's greatest strengths, and you experience that firsthand at the Global Gathering Place. The Global Gathering Place is a non-profit organization that provides services for newcomers and refugees in Saskatoon. Through a host of services and classes, dedicated staff and passionate volunteers, the organization is helping thousands of people settle and thrive here in our community. You're going to find out how in this episode of YXC Underground. It's a Thursday afternoon at the Global Gathering Place and that means it's time for coffee and conversation. This program brings newcomers and volunteers together to enjoy coffee and engage in you guessed know, it, conversations. The goal is to help newcomers develop their English skills, but it's also an opportunity for people from all corners of the world to connect through shared experiences and to learn about what their new home has to offer. People like Iban Gonzalez, who arrived from Mexico four months ago with his family. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Honestly, I we love this kind of... of winter with kind of temperature we don't have this in mexico uh, so for us it's it's great to to feel this uh, everybody laugh when they know that we enjoy this but for for us it's it's great we enjoy it i like it i like the i like winter <laughs> So the chef is a cooking class? What I really loved about this program is how eclectic the conversations were. No, you did enough cooking? And on weekends, they do family fun and fitness. So here is curling. Do you know, do you know what curling is? for family fun. They didn't have for single fun. It's for single people as well. It's not just for family. Do you know what curling is? Okay. Do you know curling? I don't know. We have problem with that. Curling is a big rock like this, and it has a handle, and you throw it. It's very heavy. Okay. And they will take you out. It's very heavy. Yeah, very okay. heavy. And so it'll show you how to curl. So all these things are to do on the weekend, and you don't have to pay for them. Yeah. And who, who can give us right to come there, to go there? Um, this one, meet at GGP. 
here? Yes. Most of them it would be me here at When you walk into the Global Gathering Place, one of the first things you see is a giant calendar taped to the wall. Each day shows all the different programs and classes offered by the staff. Everything from English language and computer classes to classes that help newcomers prepare for the Canadian citizenship exam. This is a busy place. In 2019, over 3,500 clients attended one of the 92 programs and services at the Global Gathering Place, a total of 69,000 times. That's 20 times per newcomer. These are numbers Afton Tolly and Saul Barones are proud of. Afton is the program manager for the Global Gathering Place and has been with the organization for 11 years. Sol first came to the GGP as a newcomer 10 years ago with her husband and son from Mexico. Today, she works closely with government-supported refugees and is the Life Skills Coordinator. Afton and Sol were kind enough to meet me a few hours before coffee and conversation to give me a sense of the work being done at the Global Gathering Place. I started by asking Afton, who's coming to use all these services? Yeah, so we are open to all newcomers regardless of immigration status. Um, so the majority of our clients are permanent residents. Um, that also includes the government-assisted refugees, public, uh, privately sponsored refugees. But we also have people who are work permit holders, who are international students, who are people who have achieved citizenship but are still needing support in some areas. Okay, so when they... When they come here, can you take me through in terms of like what, what's that first, that first encounter or that first, I guess, meeting like for not only yourself, but then for um, if you could put yourself in the, in the client's shoes, what, what's that like? And I'll, I'll maybe ask you that too, Saul, afterwards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So most people, when they come to us, we, that first, that first meeting is we want them to become a registered client. So there's some paperwork to complete upon their initial visit. And then also a staff member will sit down with them and clearly explain all of our programs and services. So the calendar that we just went over, we give every new client a calendar and we go over how they can get involved with our agency. Um, and so with, with Seoul and the Life Skills Program, hers is a little different, so... Yeah, for the government-assisted refugees, the process is a little bit different because we work in partnership with another settlement agency in the city. So when government-assisted refugees first arrived in Saskatoon, the other settlement agency picks them up at the airport and puts them in a temporary accommodation. They help them to find a permanent accommodation and when they find it they put them there and is when life skills start working with them so then we do our first trip from the house then the new house with the family to global gathering showing them showing them how to come here so then is when we do the registration for them and the same we explain the programs that we have because they are entitled to get uh, life skills but they are also welcome to join the rest of the programs and we have English classes, we have computer classes. Many of them are interested in, in learning how to drive or how to get a driver's license. That is a very popular one for, for them. Um, yeah, we all the programs, they are entitled to get all the programs. For the life skills, it's only three months working with them. But after they finish with the program, with this life skills training, then they can continue coming for the rest of the programs. And they do it. They, they really come back and keep keep coming and keep uh, taking programs and learning yeah. so many things. Uh, I'm, I'm so curious to ask you about 
when you when you meet a, a refugee family for the first time and and they've they've sort of settled in a little bit to their new home and then you come and meet them what what is that meeting like yes uh, we usually meet them at the house yeah. the, their new home and very often and most of the time they they are quiet they are shy they are shocked because everything is new for them. The type of houses we have here or, or the apartments are much, much different from the houses they were living. Many of them, they they were living in refugee camps for many, many years. So having a, a house like the ones that we have here is completely different. So in the beginning, they are, they are quiet, they are shocked, they are kind of scared, I can say. But then... Slowly, slowly, they start becoming like more familiar with all the things that they have to do with the older environment, the new neighborhood, coming to downtown, starting English classes, and then after a few weeks, you can see the difference. Really? So you you can see it right away then, like after a couple of weeks. Mm, it also depends on the where they are, they were from. And for many of them, it's really shocking. Everything here is really shocking. But some others, they, they were living in, in, in cities. So the, the shock is not very <laughs> huge, the, the impact of living here and coming here. But, for example, people from Burma, from Bhutan, from Eritrea, uh, they, they were living most of the time in rural areas so they are not familiar with um, with traffic lights with um, like with buildings with cars things like that um, and yeah for them it takes more than a couple of weeks to adjust to this new life but some others like Syrians are very resilient and they adapt immediately like very very fast to the new city yeah yeah. Um, and this this can be for both of you. Um, when when there is that shock, um, and and you paint such a, a a vivid picture in terms of coming from all these different countries, and and in some cases, like you said, rural, and then they come to Saskatoon, and especially if they're coming to Saskatoon, maybe in the winter time, um, that can be a shock. Um, how how much work do you guys have to do in order to to get them to that comfort level? Sometimes it's a lot of work. <laughs> I, I would like to tell you a story. Like recently we we have um, a family from Sudan. Uh, it's a family of eight. In that family there is a grandma. Um, in the, their, their family dynamics are different. So uh, the grandma, she wanted to be at home. So she didn't want to go outside, especially when the weather started to change. She didn't want to go out. She didn't want to buy winter clothes because she, she was thinking that she, she will not need it. So then the rest of the family started to, to learn how to go out, how to go to the school. The, the, her daughter started coming to, to English classes. The grandchildren started going to school, and grandma was at home. So my co-worker was visiting her and was trying to convince her that she needed to buy a jacket and boots and things to start going out. She was completely, like, not, she didn't want to do it. So then it was three months, and we worked with the families for around three months. So... She was kind of oh, um, disappointed because this, this lady didn't want to go out. So 
but we are very persistent. So she kept <laughs> insisting her. So we visit the families most of the, of the time with interpreters because we don't speak their language and most of them, they don't speak any English. So uh, she was persistent and visiting her and one day she said, okay, we need to go to buy winter boots and winter jacket and warm clothes because you have to start going out. So they took her to, to the store, she bought some warm clothes and everything. So then she pushed her to start taking the bus. And then, yeah, it took for her several trips. Um, one day she sent her back to the house and she got kind of lost because she's, uh, she lives in a crescent and, in, and the bus stop is a little bit far from where she lives. And she's a, a mature woman. She's in her late 60s. So it was a very, very challenging thing for her. So, yeah, but at the end she, she was registered at school at a senior class at school with people her age, and she started feeling like motivated to come. So last week I saw her, and I was so proud of her because she was by herself, walking with her boots, her parka, a took, and she was going home, just coming from school. So immediately I texted my coworker and I said, you know, I just saw her. <laughs> I just saw this grandma, she's, she's doing well. So for her, it took a little bit more than three months. But at the end, she, she, she got it, and she's enjoying coming to downtown to take the wow. class. Wow. Yeah. That's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. Afton, when you hear that story, what goes through your mind? Warmth. <laughs> and, just, and just relating to so many of our clients, each, with have, each who has their own stories, and just the challenges they've gone through, but also the successes that, that they've achieved. Is is that um, I, and that sounds like a very unique story. But uh, um, are there like are there some common themes when you're when you're working with new clients that um, that sort of come up again and again? Common themes um, as to kind of the barriers they're yeah. facing. Hmm. Um, I mean, I think winter is a is a big one. So even we, we always joke when we see. Um, our clients in you know August even wearing really warm clothes and we think oh oh they're they're gonna have a hard time hard time this winter but we we do a lot of winter preparation sessions and we really want to give that information and safety precautions out to our clients um, and what else so yeah I think the language is the main barrier we all as an immigrants face yeah myself I came with some English but it was not good enough to participate into society and things like that so imagine this government assisted refugees coming with no English and even illiterating their own language so learning a simple task like how to take the bus from downtown to their house they they don't know our numbers they don't know how to read the number on, on the bus so we have to write down in a little paper and we have to explain them how to memorize that that image because for them it's just a, like a, a, I don't know how to explain it's just a sign it's not a number for them so then uh, or or going to the bank and trying to put the the pin number it's, it's a big thing for them they they have to check in a little paper which is not safe also to have all the, the, that information in a little paper, but in the beginning they have to do it because they have to compare the number they have in the paper with the numbers they have to dial in the machine. 
So things that you take for granted, right? You never think about it. But for our government-assisted refugees, life is like that for some of them. So, yeah, it's challenging. Yeah. The the language one is, is really interesting, too, because um, and, and in no way does my own personal experience compare to what you guys have to deal with. But I, I just remember being uh, 21 years old, and I did a semester abroad in the Czech Republic. And I remember my first two days that I lived there, um, I was so... I was so overwhelmed and I I felt mad and sad at the same time because there was uh, the part of the city that I lived in there was very little English even just like on 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 billboards or like signs like I didn't I didn't understand anything and that really that that bothered me because I was so used to at least at least understanding a little bit and I knew nothing I remember going to the grocery store for the first time and being like oh my I don't know what any of this stuff is and then I, I took a Czech language class when I was there, and that helped out a lot. But, um, like, after when we were talking before, um, before we, we were doing this interview now, you were talking to me a little bit about just the amount of English language classes that you guys do. And, like, language is such, like you said, Sola, it's such a, um, an important part and can be a barrier. So what, what do you guys do when it comes to English and, and learning the language? Mm-hmm. So we have a total of 36 classes. English classes. Some of those are volunteer-led, um, and we focus m- more of our classes on the lower levels. So we have from literacy, which is the level Sol was explaining, up to a CLB4, which stands for Canadian Language Benchmark. We have a lot of classes um, to make sure that no one in the community is waiting for those lower-level classes. Um, and then we also do have some that go up to a level seven. Um, some of them are every day. Some of them are ad- are on Saturdays. Um, we also have drop-in programs throughout the week. So there's something that will fit everyone's schedule to make sure that those who really need and want to learn language can. Um, our English classes are also supported by language assistants and volunteers. So we have volunteers involved in everything that we do, but even if there's some specific needs within the language class, a volunteer can can either sit with a couple students or take them outside of the class and really give them that one-on-one attention. Why is that so important? Um, to... Everyone has different needs and and learns at a different time um, to really just give them that individualized attention. And so even we do have a constant intake. And so if there is a vacancy in an English class and a newcomer comes and would like to attend, they can instantly join that class, which makes it difficult for the teacher um, who, you know, the class has maybe progressed and then they have a new student. So even if the volunteer can work one-on-one with that new student to catch them up to where their classmates are. Um, and then outside of that, again, so our volunteers, we, we do something called mentoring, where we match volunteers with a newcomer for weekly meetings. And most of the, ta- most of the time, these meetings are to help with language support. Um, and it could be very specific to what the newcomer is wanting. Maybe, maybe they have good listening and speaking skills, but low reading and writing skills or the opposite maybe their their reading and writing is okay but they really aren't comfortable with their conversation and so it can be more tailored to what that is um, but also to provide um, support friendship you know help help our clients study for exams such as the citizenship exam the driving exam um, and really help build community here in Saskatoon the volunteers are so important aren't they they're 
instrumental to our success. Um, we have well over 300 volunteers throughout the year. And I think about we had about 150 just this month who were actively involved. And they, they're tremendous. You know, they, they help out in every program that we have and enhance our services tremendously. And they, um, so they have such patience for working with our clients. They open up their hearts and their homes and they welcome our clients in over the holidays. Um, and really just, they help with, with informal connections to, the, to employment um, and just yeah, help, help our clients really feel at home here. You are listening to episode five of season two of YXE Underground. My name is Eric Anderson, and we are looking at the work being done by Saskatoon's global gathering place. You can subscribe for free to YXE Underground on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. You can also stream the podcast on Spotify and the website yxeunderground.com. If you like what you're hearing so far, please give the podcast a five-star rating and leave a review. I would very much appreciate it. Don't forget, you can follow YXE Underground on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And that's where you can see some great photos taken by Janelle Wallace of the Global Gathering Place, Afton and Seoul, and of coffee and conversation. The pictures are really, really great. This episode of YXE Underground is sponsored by 13 Pies, a fantastic independent restaurant serving up some of Saskatoon's best pizza and cocktails. Thank you, 13 Pies, for your support. You heard one of Seoul's success stories in the first part of our conversation about the grandmother from Sudan. I, I just love that story so much. And the Global Gathering Place is full of stories like that. During coffee and conversation, Afton introduced me to a young gentleman named Ishel Falali. Nine years ago, Ishel and his family arrived in Saskatoon from Iraq and quickly became familiar with the Global Gathering Place. Now, he volunteers at Coffee and Conversation. Like here in this time, you come like you talk to to new people, you know more about like other people, and then like with the people they come like arriving new like me when I came here, like I really practice my language here is really good, and then yeah it's really and then like lots of fun here, you have. Was it helpful for your English to come and 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 participate in this? Oh yeah yeah here like the speaking or listening it's really it's really helpful, and then you go fast. Plus, like they have lots of fun stuff, cookies. They go sometimes like for skating or yeah. The connections made between the clients and staff are authentic and full of meaning, and that became clear when Afton shared a story with me of a friendship formed with a newcomer and her family. So I um, used to facilitate um, many group sessions, and I would get to know those clients who were very actively involved who would who would want to come to to improve themselves in every way and learn the most about Canadian culture and get involved in the community so this one um, client that I became very close with I remember I signed her up for our learn to swim program we have it it's called swimming without fear and we kind of do a little screening just to make sure that it is for people 
who don't know how to swim. It's for non-swimmers to teach them water safety and the survival skills swimming. And right then she said, nope, the only water I've ever been in is my bathtub. <laughs> I, thought, I was like, okay, you're the perfect candidate for that. So that was one way. And then also every year we've partnered with Parks Canada to do a Learn to Camp program. And still to this day, I've gone every year because it's the one weekend a year where I get to build relationships with 50 newcomer clients, whereas sometimes I'm more removed now um, with my everyday work. Um, but then I feel anyone who's come on a camping trip, I'm going to have a great relationship from from then on. Um, so with the camping trip, we're, we're sleeping overnight in tents together, we're cooking together, we're teaching them about... Um, again, safety in the park and about the animals and how they can access our beautiful parks on their own one day. And so this specific client, the same one, had come on this trip and she was over the moon to have this camping experience and had her husband and her son um, come on board through, through this camping trip. And even after that, when her son celebrated birthdays, they would come to me at Global Gathering Place with, with a birthday cake to have me involved as part of their, their son's birthday because they said, Afton, you're, you're my family here in Canada. And so, <laughs> so I became very, very close with this family. And um, the mother ended up um, getting very sick. And she, she had cancer and she was in the hospital for a long time and then her sister came over um, to support her and was a nurse actually in their, her home country and to help with the children and to care for her and so again just kind of being part of part of the family and so this um, this friend of mine she did end up passing away but um, I'm still involved with the family and with the sister is is here and is is one of my friends so it's kind of just evolved over the years over probably meeting them in close to 10 years ago and then yeah. and then seeing seeing where they are today yeah thank you for sharing that mm -hmm. story um and i think that's a really great example of how much you guys you 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 two give in terms of like your your heart and your and your energy and you're obviously very empathetic people um is that it does that make the work more re rewarding for you soul or is it, it does it make it sometimes like emotionally draining a little bit too because you do get so attached to people yeah but definitely it's more rewarding than draining yeah so i and we all at global gathering we do our best to to help people to serve the clients we we really care about them we um, our clients are, are our main focus and no matter what the problem is if it's small if it's uh, big we we try to help them and we we try to comfort them and we try to refer them to the correct place yeah. so yeah. um do do you remember the first time you met soul I don't. I remember those years. I can't remember the initial time. <laughs> but I do. Oh, but I, oh, I, I, okay. I do remember the very first time. It was global gathering was smaller, much more, much more smaller than now because we have grown so much during the last years. So global gathering was at this community village center on 25th Street. So it was small, and I, I 
came with my husband and my son. We were referred to Global Gathering because we were looking for English classes. At that time, we didn't know that they have other programs. We thought that only English classes were delivered there. So, and I remember, I clearly remember that day because Afton was the one registering my family. <laughs> yeah. Since uh, then, we start attending the programs. We start coming and... Yeah, and Global Gathering became my second home. I, I, I want to ask you a little bit, like, what what brought you from Mexico to, to here? Um, my husband got a job offer. Uh, he's an aircraft mechanic engineer, and he got a job uh, offer in um, an airline. So the first we came in a war permit, with a war permit, and the plan was to come just for one year. Um, uh, and then we just stay later. We applied for permanent residency, and now we are citizens. Wow. So one year became 10 years now. What, what made you want to stay here? I don't know. <laughs> 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 Try new things, the adventure, yeah. the, um, the amazing people that we found here. Yeah. And then in the beginning, I have to, to be honest, I was very sad, very because I, I am a lawyer in my, in my country, and I couldn't practice here my my profession because I don't have Canadian credentials and my English was lower and so many things. But then I, I was sad in the beginning. But then I start coming here, meeting people. Then I, after being a client, I became a volunteer doing some interpretation in Spanish and eventually I got a job here and I'm, I'm happy. My son is growing up here. He came when he was seven years old. Now he's 17 in grade 12. He's so graduating this year. In 2020. 2020? Yeah, wow. yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what make us stay here, but we are here. I, I want to ask you too, so when you volunteered at uh, a global gathering place and then I, that experience must have been really positive, what, what was it that made you think, this is, I want to take this a step further and I want to work here, not just volunteer? Mm, the, that volunteer thing was very casual because at that time there were some clients from Mexico who didn't speak English and they had some issues with their employers and things and I was just translating for them. Um, and then I, I really like it because I like to help people since Mexico is what I do, is what I meant to. Yeah. do so to help people to support people so then i start uh, doing this interpretation for this um uh, there were different families but i was doing this and then later i got um, a small contract at another settlement agency and then is when i started learning about government assisted refugees and all these people coming from different countries from latin america that they didn't speak any english so then i really feel i wanted to do this so um my contract over there uh, came to the end and then a lady was leaving from here and i applied to come here and then because they knew me because I was a client and then I was doing some volunteer um, job then I got a job I started learning more about government assisted refugees and I really fell in love with the job uh, I was part-time first then later full-time I was facilitator first later I became the coordinator and I I really love what I do yeah that that comes through loud and clear that's that's <laughs> wonderful um, 
we were talking earlier about how how this city and how the community has has changed and and how how diverse it, it has become um are there other things and, and this could be a question for both of you are are there things that um that saskatoon can can improve upon or can work on so that the experience for for your clients and just people coming here in, in general can be can be more positive are there things that we could be doing better yeah, I know one thing we're trying to work on in the community is is advocating for our clients and and for other organizations and other sectors to also take a little bit more responsibility of who their patients and their clients are. So I know in the past it was uh, many agencies would refer back to us. You know, there's, oh, I have this client, they're a newcomer, so let's refer back to Global Gathering Place. Whereas now we're trying to work more together and saying, you know, this is the reality. These are the the people of Saskatoon, and these are your your the clients that are, are not going away. They're going to be here and coming in, in in more numbers. So how can how can you change a little bit your services to make them more adaptable for our clients to access? And when you have that conversation after, are, are are people receptive to it? Like, is there that awareness? Like, oh right, like the the city is changing, and maybe I have to change too. I think we're getting there. Yes, I think I think over even just the past few years, we're seeing change in attitudes and actions. Um, even just two days ago, we found out. So Sol is mentioning that we have visually. Um, impaired clients as well as 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 um, deaf and hard of hearing and so we got notification that the deaf and hard of hearing society is going to be opening up an ASL ESL class so teaching our client American Sign Language um, so in the past it's always been us initiating those programs so to see it come from one of the community agencies is a wonderful success wow that must be so rewarding for you yeah absolutely and then just our clients are so excited to have more opportunities to learn yeah mm -hmm. do you see the change in saskatoon Sol? oh yeah since 10 years ago that i came yes the city is growing we are receiving more immigrants and refugees every year and yeah I, I one thing that I would like um, companies and employers to to I, I would like them to be aware of who we are immigrants and we, we we have profession many of us in our home country we have experience so just give us a chance give us a chance to work with you and uh, because it's what we need in in terms of employment I, I still feel there is a little gap because uh, always they are asking for Canadian experience but how come you will have Canadian experience if you are new in the country so just if you know a newcomer who is looking for a job and you know someone who has this background just give them the chance we we all love to work and we want to contribute to the society and that's why we are here yeah um it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you both um i think you both have really big hearts um and i i thank you for sharing some stories especially some personal stories too because i i know that's not always easy but i i really appreciate it because i think it's the stories that are really gonna um stick with people when they when they hear this and know that the amazing work that that not only the two of you are doing but this this entire place is doing so um thank you very much thank you eric thank you my thanks to Afton Tolly, Saul Barones, and the entire Global Gathering Place team for sharing their time and passion with me on the podcast. 
If you want to learn more about the Global Gathering Place, visit globalgatheringplace.com. This has been Episode 5 of Season 2 of YXE Underground. My name is Eric Anderson. I host, produce, and edit the podcast. Listen and subscribe for free to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. I said podcast there a lot. Uh, Stream episodes on Spotify or the website yxeunderground.com. And if you know of someone who you think is doing great things in our community but is flying under the radar, please let me know. You can send an email to ericandersonyxe at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review of the podcast if you like what you've just heard. You can find YXE Underground on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and that's where you'll see some fantastic photos of Afton, Sol, and the entire Coffee and Conversation crew taken by podcast photographer and my friend Janelle Wallace. Thank you, Janelle, for always sharing your talents with us. Thank you to my cousin Andrew for creating all the music that you've heard throughout the podcast. Thank you to Danger Dynamite here in Saskatoon for maintaining the website, and a big thank you to 13 Pies Restaurant here in Saskatoon for sponsoring this episode. If you love pizza as much as I do, then you really have to check out 13 Pies. The food is amazing, the drinks are awesome, and I want to give a special shout out to my friend and local artist, Donnie Sparrow, who designed the fantastic wallpaper in the bathrooms at 13 Pies. I know it's weird to talk about the wallpaper at a restaurant bathroom, but seriously, you have to check out the wallpaper at 13 Pies. Uh, Donnie is an incredible artist, and he did it in the, this like cartoon landscape, and uh, it's just really awesome. So a big thank you to 13 Pies, and make sure you check out Donnie's art. Before I go, I would like to acknowledge that all of these interviews took place on Treaty 6 territory and the traditional homeland of the Métis. YXE Underground is a production of the Salt Hammer Production Company. My name is Eric Anderson. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon, Saskatoon.